0: Hello and welcome to episode number fifty of the eighteen seventy one podcast. So happy fiftieth to us, Johnny! Fifty episodes, can you believe it? Yeah, fifty episodes and fifty years old. Well, there you go. What a combination! <laughs> yeah. So um, the fiftieth uh, uh, anniversary of, of the podcast in terms of number of episodes, and you've had fifty fifty celebrations as well. So yeah, gone quick, um, isn't it? Um, what what your fifty years? No, that's
1: not yeah, the other no, That probably has actually.
0: Yeah, the yeah podcast. and I'm I'm a few years ahead of you, so I'm coming up to fifty-five. So, ah. um, yeah, uh, there you go. Anyway, we'll, <laughs> we won't talk about that. That's not what. Let's move on. Fifty episodes. I mean, we we're actually um we're coming to the end of series one at the end of May, um, but we will then be restarting again in June. There'll probably be a break of about. Two weeks, I think. Um, I'm, I'm actually going away, so I'm looking forward to to a break. So uh, series one carries on until the end of May with daily episodes, and then we'll come back at some point in in June after a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, we're not quite sure, you know, whether it's going to be one or two or three episodes a week, um, but we'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, we're carrying on with the daily episodes. Um, yeah. And we're going to do an episode looking back at all the guests that we've spoken to, because we've had some brilliant guests from Steve Koppel and Brian McDermott, Graham Murty, Sonko, Inga Marson, Martin Hicks, Trevor Senior, Shaka Hislop. The list goes on and on and on and on. So and and Dylan Kerr. And Dylan Kerr, co-host. <laughs> yeah, he's um, not always available, but seeing as he's a current manager, um, you know, that's fair enough, really. That's um, been brilliant. mate. We do, totally do well to, to get him as, as often as, as we do, really. So um, all episodes are still available to listen to on the various podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple, um, or you can just search rating 71 podcasts. And talking of brilliant guests, our guest tomorrow evening is Kevin Doyle. So join us tomorrow from 6.30pm where we'll be talking to Kevin about his time at Reading, coming over from Ireland, um, you know, all that he and the team achieved during his time at Reading. Uh, We're really looking forward to that one. So that's available uh, with our special guest, Kevin Doyle, from 6.30pm tomorrow. And, um, yeah, we've, we've still got a way to go with the daily episodes until the end of May. So some great guests coming up. Um, But we thought we'd do um, a look back at this season, seeing as it's the Monday after the final game. Last game was on Saturday. The under-23s played in the Cup final as well. So, um, Johnny, let's start with that. The Barks and Bucks Senior Cup final on Saturday. Uh, Noel Hunt's under-23s. 4-0 against Ascot United. Um, And I'm just going to say, you know, great to finish... Uh, finish on a win for Noel Hunt's team. But I still think they should have moved it. You know, they would have got a bigger crowd if it had took place on, you know, yesterday, on Sunday. Um, I don't know why. Obviously, different times, but um, it would have been better to have moved it, wouldn't it, to yesterday or something?
1: Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, yeah, it, it would have been a you know, big winner for fans and people to go, but one of the... One of the players actually played in both games, didn't he? <laughs> the young dad that came on <laughs> he managed to leg it down to get, get paid thirty minutes in the, the second game.
0: Fair play to him. Well also also I saw um I saw that one of the players in the under twenty threes, I think his dad is the manager or the assistant manager of Ascot United. Is that right? Something like that. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, but look, a, a great occasion for Ascot United as well. But um, and, and I think I'm right in saying, I think it's the same now that, um, and it certainly was, you know, going back many, many years, but the Barton about Senior Cup final, if Reading had wanted to, but, you know, they wouldn't because of the clash, but if they'd have wanted to, they could have put out a full strength First team, yeah. but it tends to be the end under 23s. But, um, like you said, when was the last time we won it? I can't remember. When was the last was time we won anything? We... I, know. I know. When was the last time we scored a goal? <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about that. So, look, um, I, I think for future reference, Barts and Bucks, you know, have a-, have a think about it because it would have been better to have played it yesterday, I think. But, you know, they've got other games, you know, they'll, they'll come back and say, Well, that was the only time we can do it. So, fair enough. It was, at, it was at different times, but would have been nice if it was yesterday, not Saturday. But anyway, congratulations to Noel Hunt and the under-23s. Finally, some success for Reading this season. Um, we can't say that about the, the first team, apart from staying up, of course. you, I guess you'd consider that as a success. But, Johnny, let's start off um, by talking about Saturday's game at Luton, so lost Um, 1-0. You're a bit kind of fearful it's going to be a 3-0 or a 4-0 or something because Reading, you know, nothing to play for, um, literally. um, But Luton obviously did. So 1-0 wasn't too bad. Um, For Reading, disappointing end to the season. Three defeats in a row. No goals in the last three games. Johnny, what are your thoughts about Saturday's game? Uh, he's behind you. I think that <laughs> yeah. sums up the goal. Isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, unbelievable. That kind um, of kind of sums up for it in season. It anyway. does,
1: doesn't it? If you go, can, you know, it can't get worse. It can't get yeah. worse. It got worse. That was. I, I feel sorry for the keeper. You know, in keepers' union as I do, I've made some glaring errors, but that one when the fans are shouting that he's behind you. But, again, you know, again, where's the communication with the players? Like, surely one of the defenders would be going, mate.
0: Communication you know? is that is a key word, isn't it, for this season? Yeah. In yeah. General? You know, no. but he, he did
1: make he, he redeemed himself to a point with a cracking save in the second half. But it was, I, I think Ince came out after the game and said, like, you know, we, we played really well in the second half. And to be honest, I don't know what game he was watching. You know, we huffed and puffed and Luton were up for it. But you, you kind of... You still expect something, don't you? The fan you had a good turnout with the fans, but you had a couple of chances, but you know, I don't know,
0: it just yeah, there Well I said I said it would be nice to get at least one of the following three three things. So a point at least, didn't get that. Uh, a goal, didn't get that. We Click assisted thing. a goal <laughs> didn't, get, didn't get that. So end of the season, you know, three games, no goals. At least it wasn't a 3-0. But it kind of, I think last game of the season, you know, 1-0 away to Luton. Yeah, if you're just looking at the result, it's not terrible. Obviously, it's a loss. Uh, the, the result didn't really matter because it's kind of, you know, Saturday's game and the previous game, Reading already safe. So it's sort of like the start of preparations for next season, really, in, in a way. Um, Terrell Thomas... Came in the, the previous game, so um I thought he did very well. Uh, you know, it's the first time I've yeah. seen him live as such on you know watching the game and I,
1: I, I yeah. you know playing out of position. He looked yeah. he looked very good. Um Someone that maybe hopefully they might give him a chance next season. He's not done anything you know to to
0: harm his chances. That's for sure. No, and he wants to sign, doesn't he? He's yeah, come out and said that he does want to sign. And, and we'll come to that. So I, I think. We we'll, we'll draw a line under that talking about um, yeah. Saturday's game. I think it kind of what happened in Saturday's game was a bit reflective of the season as a whole in a way, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, uh, it up. Um, let, let's look back at, at the at the season as a whole, and it wasn't great from the start, really, was it? We we had a, I think it was the second game we we won, didn't we? But we lost four of the first five games. And then, actually, it it was going quite well. We had a run of, I think it was five wins in six games, including a 2-1 win at Fulham. And then it was five defeats in a row. And then a run of seven defeats in a row, including a 7-0 defeat at home to Fulham. Uh, They really got us back, got their revenge on that one, didn't they? Um, Knocked out of the FA Cup by Kidderminster. Um, It didn't get much better than that, although Easter was quite good, quite uh, entertaining. Um, and that's my summer of the season. So, <laughs> what do you um, what what do you reckon, Johnny? We'll come to kind of, you know, some things that we're going to pick out in terms of finding some highlights, if, if we can. There were a few, um, some lowlights. There were quite a lot of those. Uh, we'll talk about the two managers, best players, best games, etc. But just give me your your take on the season as a whole. Right. So I've done two walks of mental health awareness. The first one ended with us beating
1: Fulham. The second one we drew with Bournemouth. So four points from two walks. So if I walk every game, we win the league. Seriously, that's, got it, that's how it's going to be done. Well, if you
0: walk every game, you'd be knackered. I know, but I don't care as long as we actually win a game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really dedication for the cause if you do that. But look, um, let, let's start with, let, let's try to pick out some, some highlights. I've kind of yeah. mentioned uh, at, at least one or two of them. What were your highlights of the season? I think there's probably three point three different games, or
1: the Fulham away, Swansea away, and the Tom McIntyre uh, resurrection Easter weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Ful the win at Fulham. um, You know, obviously, especially what they've gone on to achieve this season, back up into the Premier League. um, That's definitely one of the highlights, and. and then after that, it was kind of, there. Were, you know, we had the odd win here and there, but we had to wait until Easter, really, for, yeah. for the drama. Yeah, the Carroll rowing celebration, though, at Swansea was, was yeah. quite special. Yeah, that's true. And then um, <laughs> I, I think, we, and we'll come to the two managers, but I think some of the Reading fans would certainly, well, a lot of the Reading fans would think that finally Voko um, Paunovic leaving was in a way a kind of a highlight for, for a lot of fans. Obviously, no highlights in the FA Cup um, or the League Cup, for that matter. Um, and I I think this kind of sums up the whole season, really, that we're talking about Easter as um, being among the highlights. And, and obviously, you know, the first game, the Tom McIntyre winner, um, fantastic. But then, you know, it, it was a highlight, but we were 4-1 down. So... We were, it was only a highlight after we came back from, from 4-1 down, which kind of, you know, tells you a lot of what you need to know about how the season went, really. Yeah. We're saying that's a highlight. And and it was, you know, it's always great. And we've talked about the 4-3 win against Plymouth all those years ago when Reading were were 3-0 down, with 25 minutes ago and won 4-3. Fans always love those sort of games and, and it was a great game. But, you know... To concede four goals, um, and then do it after that. Um, yeah, it was a highlight. But um, so low lights. How long have you got?
1: <laughs> yeah. My, oh my goodness. Um, most goals conceded. Seven nil to Fulham on my fiftieth birthday. How am I ever going to get over that? <laughs> Counseling.
0: Yeah, and I think also. Um, you know, we we had a few runs of defeats, didn't we? So that, the seven nil defeat at home to Fulham. You know, we we beat them away and lost seven nil at home, and I think that was the start of seven defeats in a row, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just it was it was
0: horrible, it, wasn't it? Let's be honest. There's no other way of describing it. It's just horrible to watch. But it started badly. Okay, we won the second game, no, lo- lost the first game. I think in the one oh six season we lost the first game. So. Mm-hmm. That you know that's not that's not a disaster if you lose your first game necessarily um but um you know it it kind of started as it went on really for started, i think even before the season started with you know Yakimote getting
1: injured, yeah, and then and Jiao then getting injured not far into the season, mm-hmm. and it
0: just kind of set the tone didn't it for what went on it was just and the results the results as well. Lost four of the first five games. Yeah. You know, you don't... I mean, we, we go back to seasons when, like, the record-breaking Royals, you win your first 13 games, Reading go on and win the win the league. Um, Not this season, just gone, but last season, you know, all the wins at the start of the season, yeah. everyone's going, oh, Reading are going to get promoted this season. And then we just timed it perfectly last season. So we, we finished... We were the top club outside of the playoffs. Yeah. So at least we had that. I mean, you know, if only we could have finished seventh this season, that would have. I mean, like you look at it, though. Barnsley got relegated after being in the top six last season, isn't it? It's so such a bizarre league. Yeah. Um, and I just think, you know, we had a few runs of defeats in a row. I mean, you, you're going to expect, you're going to get sort of, you know, maybe a couple of defeats in a row, three in a row, but. We had five in a row, seven defeats in a row, with the seven nil against Fulham. You, you know, have to that's... keep reminding me of that, please, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and then knocked out of the FA Cup by Kidderminster. Yeah, that was that was another one, wasn't it? it As a, a low point. Yeah, it didn't really get a lot better, did it? I mean, there were a few games. So that that game at, at you know at Easter, late winner. I think that showed a bit of character, but. Let, let's talk about the managers. Um, let's start with Velko Panovic. Um, what are your thoughts on Velko Panovic this season? No, no swearing allowed by the way. Oh, we can if you want, but
1: ah, um, oh, look, I, I, I liked him as a person, uh, you know, uh, he's a decent guy, but I think you know, th- th- he was the front. For so much that was going on at the club he was doing you know organising transfers he was doing this this and this where you know the owners all backed off um, you know I, I actually felt sorry for him at the end I think he was you could tell he was done he'd had enough um, and you just wish that he got out of it for his own mental health to be honest um, it wasn't working and then he gets a decent result then then he goes yeah. and it just goes well that's just sums up ready Um he got a good run last season, didn't he, as we know, but this season, yeah, injuries haven't helped him. But then, tactics and his management of substitutions—we could go on and on and on. Yeah. What he didn't do, but.
0: And I was looking. I was looking at you know, um, did did a little sort of not research, but looked at what he'd done previously. I think he won the was it the under twenty World Cup with Serbia. That's yeah, that's right, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but he hadn't really. I don't think he'd really done any. Uh, uh, people, you know, Redding fans had never heard of him, had they? No, and no, I think like everyone was saying, because
1: when he was at Chicago Fire, it was like you know this is what's going to happen, and it kind of did. Um, you know the, what happened in the end, but it's just one of the problems of the, the club from top to bottom, isn't it? You know, it, it's sad to watch.
0: Yeah. Um. So any any other. Thoughts about Paunovic? Do you think he was at Reading for too long? Do you think he should have gone before?
1: He could have gone and probably should have gone before this season, the way things were going. But you just don't know what the the you know behind the scenes stuff is. With you know, people were talking about whether we could actually afford to sack him because it broke the rules for you know the financial fair play and all this stuff. But it just got toxic towards the end, um, and you kind of just go like, just go for your own well-being. Um, Yeah, but, you know, Reading's way of doing things has no logic, no sense. Yeah. He gets the result, then he's gone, then Paul Lince is all of a sudden in before he even realised.
0: Yeah. We'll come to to Paul Lince in in a second, but um, let's talk about the the points deduction, obviously. You know, um, Derby, 21 points, I think it was, wasn't it? And and people say, look, if Derby hadn't got that points deduction, they would have finished above Reading, but then they did get the points deduction because they were deemed to have done something wrong. So, you know, it's it's like that's almost a bit like saying, well, if they'd have won three more games, they would have got more yeah. points. Well, they didn't. So they, you know, they they were judged to have um, broken the rules. So they got the points deduction. Um, yeah. I mean, what what do you, what do you make of of the points? That were deducted with Reading and with with Derby. What, what do you think about um, it? Right, you know, I think we were we were lucky
1: because I think it was talk of you know nine or twelve point deductions. So six was kind of an agreement, um, you know. And I think the club had followed the rules that they had to be put in place regarding you know transfer embargoes and this and that and everything else. But then I was reading after the game on Saturday that was manager just come out and said there's something else going on behind the scenes now about Reading to do with the EFL, whether it's just you know sour grapes or not. Who knows? Um, Derby, yeah, yeah, 21 points. Really did an amazing job to get them close to even staying up with that in place. You know, we played them twice that summed up the season, I think, you know, that two new up against Derby at home, five minutes to go, ten minutes to go, we end up drawing. Um, But, you know, you you see Fulham and Bournemouth, you know, the parachute payment thing now is just ridiculous. You know, you can't compete with those clubs, even if you don't waste as much money as Reading have done over the last few years. Something needs to change
0: in the whole structure of football. Yeah, because you've got, you know, Bournemouth and Fulham going back up and you can't. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll see what happens next season, but um, you know, they're going to be among the favourites to be relegated again, yeah. aren't they? Norwich and Watford have come back down, and probably the favourites go back up, and you know, it's just yeah, it's have a yo-yo like, league for them clubs. You know, it is almost like a little bit like a separate league, isn't it? It's the teams that go up yeah. and down. You know, yeah. Um,
1: but it's uh, you know fair play to Huddersfield and, and Luton, you know, for getting into the playoffs this season. It shows you what you can do without money. You know, they've yep. got the lowest budgets, so that you know, as a positive for Reading going forward, whatever the you know the financial implications, you can do something if it's yep. done properly. As we've had all our guests on, like Brian McDermott and Simon Churchill, saying, you know, it's about a club being run well, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So um, we. We do want to talk about Paul Lynch, but let let's you know as you brought it up there. What do you think um, the the biggest problem is with the way the club's being run?
1: Oh, look, you know, you know, I'm on the supporters' uh, star. There, you know, we've had dialogue and dialogue with the club, and, and you're getting nothing back. Um, it's frustrating. You know, we're trying to get you know information passed on to fans. Um. We all know that there's a certain agent involved with the club, whether they bid it or not, um, who's calling the shots. And that, you know, that's the problem. You know, I think um, Simon Cox over the weekend on social media came out and said the same thing again about the lack of transparency and having the right things in place, you know, yeah, And it is, it's the same, like, we need, you know, there's people willing to do it. We need a proper structure. Like, you know, and that's, it, it's not rocket science running a football club if, if things are in place, but I,
0: it's like he's doing a golden gamble every week and hoping that something's going to work, isn't it? And, and we've got Simon Cox on as a guest. So, um, you know, Simon Church has some very strong views, didn't he? Brian McDermott, Steve Koppel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Simon Church actually referred to it as an absolute shambles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think one one of a, a few key issues for me is it seems like there's a lack of a scouting network. I mean, there might be, I don't know, two or three scouts. But if you go back to um, Brian McDermott, Steve Koppel, um, to, just getting Kevin Doyle over and the player that he he became from Cork City... And there were about five different people involved in that. You have Pat, Day, I think it was um, Pat Dolan, Eamon Dolan, um, Steve Copple, um, you know Brian McDermott, a mm. um, couple of others wasn't there. Um, Nicky Hammond was involved. He was involved in that scouting network, and, and we just haven't haven't got it. And it's you know it's one of one of the key problems for, for me. Um, And I I think, you know, I agree with you, you're always going to have an issue if there's an agent that has got an influence because a scout is by very definition as someone who knows football Mm -hmm. um, and they're scouting for great players on behalf of a club. But the agent is representing the player and they're trying to push the player or the manager to a club. And then the knock-on effect of that is you've got players that it's just a, not, you know, very, very simplistic terms. It's a payday. It's not, yeah, not there for the love of the club. Um, like some of the players that we've had in, in the past, plenty of plenty of players, you know, we've had Martin Hicks on, um, you know, and a lot of those players that we've had on love the club. John Solarco talked about it. He's still... Loves the club. He referred to Reading as "we," which, yeah. which was a bit of a surprise. I think Brian McDermott did as well. And there it's are, a culture, like, isn't it? There's a culture of people yeah. that love playing for the
1: club. And that, and now you look at them, you know, guys like Danny Drinkwater. It's a job. Hmm. I go I go and finish, you know, I'll play at Reading for a season, do it because no one
0: else wants me. It's, um, it, it does sort of strike you as um, we've had a few mercenaries this season.
1: And I think for a few seasons that all these loan deals that we've had, you know, in the past, that the, the shambles was the one that the Rodriguez was it, that went to Bournemouth last season that was with us and was going to sign, going to sign and he went there. Um, but you, you look at them all, you know, it's like, where's the plan? There's no, I think, yeah. Brian, no strategy. There's no, there's no no, right. Well, let's do this. Let's build. Let's build. It's just like let's just go out and get what we can and hope it works. It's like
0: yeah, and gamble, isn't it? And when we spoke, I think it's Brian McDermott. They bought in players who would fit into the the jigsaw, if you like. Yeah. So they did their homework, Mark, didn't they? And and they identified the type the type of player what characteristics they had you know and what that person was like not just as a player but um and and then they went out and found a player to fit that criteria whereas this is kind of the opposite isn't it you find you you got a player and an agent is pushing a player on a club and then you're almost trying to fit a a round peg in a square hole and that sort of thing and that's And that's one of the reasons why it hasn't worked. But look, let's um, let's talk about Paul Ince now. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't certainly a great player for, you know, the clubs he played for for England. Um, fantastic player, um, experience as a manager. Didn't have the greatest of success. I think that's fair to say. Out of the game for eight years, and then out of the blue, you know, he's interim manager. It was it was a big Surprise, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think no one, you know, everyone was talking about, you know, even Warnock at some stage, weren't they? Nick McCarthy, all the old school kind of championship managers that do the rounds. Uh, Paul certainly wasn't in there. He's come in. He's done what he, like we've said before, he's done what he was expected to do, is to keep us up. I... I don't know what else to say about him. Is he is he the right person for us? I'm not completely yeah. convinced. But then you know, so many other factors that are influencing factors: the players that are out of contracts, the things that are going on. You know, with the owners, the CEO behind the scenes, all the, all the other stuff. It's just another part of the
0: bigger issue. I think I think he's come in, um, and as you rightly said. He's basically had one task, keep reading up. He's done that. So fair play to him. Um, And I think that you you obviously had what they call the bounce factor. And and we had a few wins when he first Mm. came on board. uh, And what happened over Easter, that was enough to to keep us up. Um, So obviously we didn't win any more of the games after that. Um, And I think that... He is someone who um, he could, well, actually, we ought to say that at the time of recording, you know, there there hasn't been an announcement as to whether he's getting the job. Um, There may well be by the time this goes out. So um, we we, we might be sort of saying that we think he's going to get the job and then by the time this episode goes out he he has got the job so we we don't know there might might have been an announcement today um, but um so so we we don't know as as things stand um we we kind of think the way some of the things that that have been said um we think he probably is going to be Reading's manager um. And I think he's got an opportunity to um, build his own squad uh, with some free transfers, with some loans, and but getting the right type of players, getting hungry players. Um, but I think, you know, in, in term, let, let's sort of give give your summary on 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 Ince in terms of the the job that he's done, taking us to the end of the season, he's kept us up really, so he's done what he was asked to do.
1: Yeah, without any added value, I think, to be honest. I don't think there's anything, you know, there's some of the the, the way he talks about some of the performances. It's like, were you actually at the game? Because he talks about, the, you know, the, the Luton game. Um, but I don't see what he's seeing as a fan. I don't think many others do as well. Like I know he's trying to change something. So I'm not dismissing what he's saying because we won't know until whoever, if he gets the job for the summer and, and has a proper pre-season has players come in that he can work with. Well, I will judge him next season if he gets the job. I'll judge whoever comes in, if it's not him, when they've got a proper chance. Uh, The club's been a mess for the last few seasons with all the whole, you know, can't sign anyone. You know, Planovic didn't have the chance to sign players for so long. It's been, it's a mess. So,
0: you know, I give him the benefit of the doubt, and I wish him all the best. I wish anyone that wants to manage Reading good luck to him. And you mentioned you mentioned about saying, "Oh, we played well, etc." I mean, you know, that, that's kind of a continuation, but not to the extreme that you got with with Paunovic. He was, we, I mean, there were certain games when Reading had a bit of a shocker, and he said we played well. I mean, it was that was a some of that was a bit of a joke, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I just, uh, you know, like, I, I think, again, we, you know, we've talked about, you know, great players and great captains and different things. in the, And what you want is is a great manager who you believe in. That leadership comes from the top down and the CEO and the, the, the owners of the club, we're not getting that. But what you want is a manager, you actually, if he comes out and says, yeah, you know what, lads, we're absolutely garbage today. And you go oh, Fair play, you said it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we didn't deserve to win. We were absolutely hopeless. We go, all right. Well, at least he said it as it is because we all know what we can see. We're all fans of fifty years, forty years, twenty years. We've yeah. watched enough football to know when a team's not playing well. Do you yeah, know, that's that's that that part is. Can that, you
0: can you, re- can you remember Johnny? Because I I can't remember if I've mentioned this, but Reading lost seven nil on your fiftieth birthday, didn't they? Can you remember know, what yeah. you said after that game? I try to forget it still. I think did he say did he say we played well after that game? Can't remember. I mean got I think Scott Dan got injured, didn't he? But you know, like no team to
1: my you know should be losing 7-0 in a game. You know, you, you get some backbone, you get some spirit, but that's you know, one of the things I think over the last number of years, apart from you know, your abstand season is I don't like using the term, but as a Players were mentally weak. I don't mean that in a mental health point of view, but the leadership and the organizational stuff,
0: when we fall apart, we fall apart very quickly. Well, we talked about Phil Parkinson, A.D. Williams, you know, we were talking yesterday about great captains, and they had that mental resilience, didn't they? In games. Mm. Parkinson typified that. Um you know, and we've had so many players like that over the years, but it just, that's one of the things that, that's been lacking. But look, let, let's come on to, um, you know, best players and, and best games. Um, who, who were your kind of standout players this year? Because obviously, sorry, this, this season, because Yeardon won player of the year, I think he was definitely one of the best players. But who, who for you? Who were your sort of best players for Reading? Yeah,
1: Yeardon was a, you know, he's a quiet, achiever, isn't he? I think he does, you know, he just gets on with his game. He's very professional and he you know, he's, he just interacts with the fans I think after the Peterborough game when there was a bit of a an issue, uh, he put himself out there. Um, you know, hopefully he stays because he's a player that I think we could have and build around for the future. Um, after that, obviously Swifty, you know, Swifty's had a great season. Um, first time probably in, you um, know, since he's been with us, he's had pretty much a full season where he's had the chance to show what he can do. But he's you know, he, you all know he's off in the summer and good luck to him. It's a shame he's going, but you know, there's so many players that, that the club that are going to move on. On a positive note, it's a chance to rebuild and start again. Um Junior Hollett coming, you know, there's players that have offered, you know, something to the club in very difficult circumstances. Tom McIntyre's a Reading lad. Tom Holmes, if he stays, Reading lad. Luke Southwood, local lad. Um, All the lone players, Baba Roman, Drinkwater, they're just, you know, they're just what they are. They've come in and done a job. They're not there for the future,
0: long term, do you know? And let's talk about Swift. The the rumour is that he's off to West Brom, possibly, um, which... A lot of people think is a bit of a strange one. A lot of people were assuming he'd go up to the Premier League, but he has had his critics this season as well, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, like he will. He's that sort of player, isn't he? You know, he, he, if otherwise he'd be playing in the Premiership in a top club if he wasn't, you know, having different things that people don't think he's good at. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, now Ron Gawley's at West Brom, so if he goes
0: there, good yeah. luck to him. <laughs> do, you, do you think, do you think um, there's a little bit of a um, thing with John Swift that he's, in some respects, a bit of a luxury player? Uh,
1: like luxury quality? Like we've had a few of them. Like, Darren, you know, Harper and that, Kasky. Kasky was the same. But it's about what players you've got around him yeah. um, that allow them to play the, the way... Because Swift will do something that no other player can do in a yeah. team. He, he creates an opportunity, he scores a goal. Um, but he's had, he's you know, in his defence for him, I know his dad passed away a few years ago. He's had a lot of problems with injuries. He's a decent guy. And, I, you know, out of all of the players, I go, he, he, he did his best for Reading. And, you know, good luck to him with the future. And I don't
0: think any Reading fan would say otherwise. Um, we've talked a bit about players that are, leaving so drinkwater's pretty much announced on social media that he's not staying um think, uh one of the players you know wished him good luck with whatever he does next so he's um he's he's played his last game for reddin um he obviously had a lot of critics because people and and he had you know he did have some decent games towards the end of the season but let's talk about the the players that that will be staying that you want to stay i mean You know, um, you look at the likes of Zhao, Mite, Southwood, um, Nyland, Holmes, McIntyre, you've mentioned, Tom Ince, Morrison. I mean, who, you know, who would you like to see still at Reading next season? I think,
1: you know, Yaki Mite, like, yeah, he hasn't, you know, he he clearly he's not 100% fully fit yet. But just to see him back on the pitch shows how much he wanted to be out there. This no one, no one gave him a hope of actually playing again this season when he got injured, and he put so much effort in to get back out there. That that's huge to me. That commitment and that passion as a player. Build a team around him. Whatever the circumstances that we've got them I in, mean, if he wants to stay, keep him. Let's let work with him. You know, he's a future captain like uh, Tom, Mac, uh, Tom McIntyre. Uh, I was thinking Jim McIntyre there. Um, but, Lucas Zhao, you know, I'm sure he's going to get Deal offers to go elsewhere. Um, Southwood, decent keeper, but a young keeper that you know, we spoke about before, you know, when confidence goes,
0: it's a tough season for him. He'll bounce back, he's a good keeper. What about Lucas Yao? Is it How important is it for him to stay? Because you can rely on him for for goals. It's if he wants to stay, isn't it? Mm. You know, that's everyone's going to be
1: looking at Reading going, oh, they're in trouble financially. Let's go and get some players. If they're good, decent yeah. players like him. Um, mm. Yeah, if he's committed to the club. You know, all all I want is players that are committed to the club.
0: So if they're not. That, yeah, with that in mind, um, you know, looking looking ahead to the summer and actually... If you think about it, it's not that long before the new season starts, really, is it? I mean, what sort of players do you want to see come in? For me, it's players who, you know, they've got the talent, they can do a job. We talked about players in Reading's history like Phil Parkinson, um, you know, and and having leaders and players with character and fight and spirit. And we saw a little bit of that over the Easter weekend, but you want you want that in more consistent terms. So, um, I think we're looking at probably a few free transfers, a few loans. But what type of players do you want to see come in? I want to see a plan. Uh, like you know, we got Baba Romani because we had no left back. I mean, that's ridiculous. Omar Richards went to
1: Bayern Munich. We left you know proper left. Then you let you know you. You're so many wingers. It's just so lopsided the, the the recruitment side of things. You want somebody to come in and go right. Let's let's target. You know, maybe they. You know, in the old way of doing things, they they got sort of a left back like Nicky Shorey at Orient. Somebody identified him as a player and went to go after him in the old days. That's what we need. Tick the box. We got a centre back. Morrison's been a decent centre back for us. He's a good leader. You know, we need a leader. We need a lead in
0: central midfield. We need a striker. The defense, Johnny. You can't deny that defense has been, um, you know, not great. Well, yeah, no,
1: absolutely. But then again, like it's like we we look at the recruitment side. We look at the coaching side. We look at you know, and then the players have to take responsibility as well, don't they? They're the ones that are on the pitch. You know, where's, where's the, the leadership on the pitch? We've talked about leadership of, you know, good teams that we've had in the past. Um, but there's, again, it's like there's so
0: many problems. We're just picking at one thing, which is yeah. the on field stuff. Yeah. It's, we, it's we, think, we think there's a big problem with the foundations. So you're just, um, I think it was Brian McDermott, wasn't it? He said that you're just throwing managers at the problem. Yeah. You've got, to, you've got to fix the problem
1: yeah.
0: before you know the manager should be the last piece of the jigsaw. Because if you just throw managers at the problem, you've still got the problem, the problem doesn't go away. So um I think what will happen in the summer is we'll get at least, you know, might be two or three players who come in who who and we don't know who they are yet, but next season they'll they'll do quite well. But you know, looking ahead to next season finally, um Obviously, you've got your optimists who, at the start of every season, you—I think we've read in—it's probably very much a case of fingers crossed. You know, we we hope for something, but there are a lot of people who are really, really worried. Um, you know, what what do you think the potential is for for next season? And, and are you one of those people who is genuinely really concerned about what next season might look like?
1: I'm concerned about the state of the club. It's the bigger picture, you know, going relegations and we've all been there and, you know, been in bad positions. But it's like the club needs to step up from mm. the owners. They need to start talking. They need to say, this is what we're doing. They need to get people in the right positions to, you know, people that we identify with as fans People may say it's Brian McDermott it's not, you know, whoever it is, people that go, yep, that's their job. Nicky Hammond, a director of football, whoever they recruit to do it. But it's all this wall of silence where we're not hearing anything and everyone's, you know, worrying about what's happening because nobody's coming out and saying, we have this plan, we're going to get this, we're going to get that. And that's just causing the stress. And then we've got the whole, you know, who's... Who's signing any of the young players that we've got? Are they all going to go and leave in the summer? Obviously, the first team players, some are going to go leave. How does it get to this point where it's just an absolute shambles, where all these players have been allowed to run the contract down and nothing's been done or talked about? You don't even hear, oh, we're in contract talks
0: with blah, blah, blah. It's 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 horrible. It's, it's- well, I think I think you've got an issue with some of the players that that have come in, um, almost like a mercenary element to it. It's just a, you know, it's just uh the the next club, and then mm. there's sort of a bit of a there's been a, a bit of a lack of heart and soul about the the team and the club. Uh, a lot of people think that. The club's lost its soul. And if you go back to the John Modaisky days, so obviously John Modaisky, local guy, you know, genuinely really cared about the club. And the situation now with the owners is that it's a bit like some of the players that have come in. So the owners, it's not, there is, isn't a love of Reading Football Club to start with. It's just, I'd like to buy a football club. What's available? Oh, mm-hmm. Reading is one of the clubs available. So I buy Reading. Might not have even heard of Reading Football Club before, just decided for whatever reason to get involved in football, and Reading was available, could have been anyone, yeah. Um, but Reading was one of the clubs available, and I think that's that's a key part of the, the problem. And okay, you know, it's not a perfect world, and it would be great to get another John Medaisky, um, but, um, you know, we've had. Uh, owners from Russia Thailand China um, so I, I, I don't know the way the way it's gone over the last few years who knows we might get a new owner next season
1: uh, who knows but I think you know this is this is the one time now where it needs a reset I think everyone's in agreement we need it needs to be done differently now we cannot do another season of this
0: garbage we yeah keep you, this say, you say that and a, a lot A lot of fans would agree with you, but how realistic is that that that's going to happen? It could just be more of the same because the owner's put in plenty of money, but it's just throwing money at the problem. You've got to look at what the, identify what the issues are and fix the issues. Well, the owner doesn't listen. That's the problem. And I think, you know, if if he he really, really wants to,
1: to make a difference, then he has to start listening to the people that are involved in the club. You know, there's there's background staff at the club that are running around like headless chickens doing stuff because we haven't, you know, positions haven't been filled. It it you, it's just a mess. It, like, but he's, you know, yeah, fine. He's been putting the money in, um, but we're nowhere closer to being a top team, are we? But it's not about the money. It's about this. We've gone back to about what Brian said. It's a strategy. It's a structure. It's a plan. I, if we went down next season. I'd go, that's life. But if we could see some kind of five-year, three-year plan of where we're going, we're actually aiming towards something of developing the team. Yeah.
0: Squad. I, think, I think there's a genuine danger and I think a lot of Reading fans would agree with me that under the current ownership, the current structure, we're going to get more of the same and potentially could get even worse because if the owner decides to pack up then we could be in in serious trouble but look we don't know what's going to happen over the summer let's sort of hope that um the recruitment is better than it has been um because we know that there's not a huge amount of money available or we think that there's not a huge amount available um and then you know let let's see i mean it's it's still quite exciting to see who might come in because you know, last season you had Andy Carroll coming in, and so who who knows who we we're going to see coming in this time? Could be coming back as player manager. You never know. Well, Andy Carroll? <laughs> I'd rather have Paul Ince. I think. Uh, but, but like the,
1: the, the thing is, though, Mark, there's players out there that could do a job. There is, there is. Like Carroll, the young man coming. Yeah. You know, he's played two games for us, and he looks like he's okay. He may not be the world beater, but he looks like he could do a job. He hasn't he hasn't done anything to harm his chances. Yeah. So for him, there's ten more. You know, there's players that we could get. I don't care how what their reputations
0: are, as long as they want to play for us and yeah, show you, a bit of want, passion. You play? You want players with hunger, with desire. Yeah. With passion, spirit. Uh, Point through. You know, it's kind. It should be a prerequisite, really. But look, Johnny, that that's our. This is our 50th episode. It's the doom and gloom episode a little bit. <laughs> we knew it would be, but that that was our 50th episode. We we hope you've enjoyed episode 50 and, and the previous 49 episodes, if you've got round to listening to them yet, um, they're all still available. Um, so feel free to to have a listen to some of those. Um, as we said, you know, Brian McDermott, Steve Copple Wally Downs, Martin Allen, Trevor Senior, the list goes on. You know, so many. Um, Graham Murty. Um, yeah, so many great guests that that we've had on. Um, and, uh, and, and just a reminder that on tomorrow evening's episode, our special guest is Kevin Doyle. So that's available from 6.30 PM. So, uh, hopefully we'll, um, you'll join us again tomorrow.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.